0: Welcome to the See Me Now Special Ocean Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Coleman, here with my co-host, Caitlin Birdsall. And we are joined today by Western Colorado Community College Instructor of Veterinary Technician Program, Lori Burns. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. The vet tech program at WCCC is really exciting. I know that I popped in one time and got to see a bunch of students kind of in action, and it was really cool because there's so many different types of animals that students are literally right there working on. Can you kind of talk about the program and how it is hands-on? Yeah,
1: so um, they get um, you know everything from cats and dogs to horses and cows to lizards, and we talk a little bit about fish. We don't do any fish. (laughs) <laughs> surgeries or no, anything no, by no any surgeries. means, but yeah, we, we, they, they get a plethora of, of, um, species.
2: Great. And I know that you've been a veterinary technician for, I believe, 17 years now. So yep. that's been, you know, the majority of your career. Can you tell us what made you want to get involved and become a vet tech? Cause I think it takes a certain kind of person to want to go down that career path.
1: Right. Yeah. It, uh, so, um, Initially, when I went into tech school, I wanted to do wildlife rehab, and uh, just life circumstances have brought me down the road and um, really kind of focused on small animal medicine um, but by no means am I sad about that. Um, it's definitely been quite a ride, lots of experiences lots of lots of different cases um yeah, and it's it's just something I love, something I love.
2: Yeah, I can only imagine kind of how different your day-to-day must be. You know, I'm in the marketing and advertising career and profession, and although we definitely have some days that are a curveball here or there, I would expect that yours is a much more fast-paced kind of you never know what's coming through the door. Do you enjoy that kind of work environment, and does that get you excited and jazzed up?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's um – um I mean, no day is the same for sure, um, and depending on what kind of practice working in, you know, emergency work is is definitely, you know, you never know what's coming through the door. Um, I did work for a couple of years in emergency. Um, whereas, you know, small animal practice, you get the appointments, you know what's coming in, but you also know, like, oh good, we get to see Fifi again. Um, um, but that, that that doesn't mean that there's going to be something else that's blindsided and we we get an emergency. So yeah, it it is a lot of fun to have that not monotonous day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Caitlin mentioned you, obviously, you're an expert. You've been in the industry for a very long time. And I think that just shows how important it is to have faculty in the classroom who not only, you know, know how to teach and know the subject, but actually have been spent you know their their life really in the field. and so that's really cool that you can bring that to the classroom.
1: Yeah, and it's I, I would not call myself an expert by any means. <laughs> it's it's one of those professions where it's an ever learning process. Um, so, yeah, and I mean still, I'm learning things, so
0: <laughs> well. That's a good point. Is it? You know, we had a Doctor Reeder on, uh, who you know was a sports medicine doctor for most of his life, and he talked about having to really stay up to date with all the of the latest technology, all the research that's coming out. Do you find that you have to do that as well within that that medicine of animals?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you have to do that in order just to stay on top of things, but also um, as a credentialed veterinary technician. Um, our governing body, the CACVT, we're, we're required to um, do different CE uh, continuing education classes and, and courses um, in order to keep our licensing. So um, it's required, but it's also a really good idea. Just the technological advancements, we um, have to stay on
0: top of it. <laughs> well, rolling into that, I think you guys just got a brand new lab, right?
1: We did. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really exciting. Our Facility went through a um, remodel um, over the last few months, and it's kind of just a phase one, um, but it's it, it really is amazing. I mean, we have new blood machines. We have a dental x-ray machine. Um, it's, it's really quite great. So after being a veterinary technician for 17 years, what made you want
2: to do the switch to become a teacher of the career that you've been in? Because, you know, like I said, I think it takes a certain kind of person to want to be in the animal medicine field, but I also feel like it takes a certain kind of person to then want to be a teacher and to be able to pass that knowledge on to students. So what made you decide to get into teaching? Right.
1: So I, um, in practice, um, in clinics, I oftentimes would mentor uh, students from different programs um, and do just kind of one-on-one teaching. um, And I just loved it. Um, love seeing you know lights go on and they're like oh yeah I remember that in school and um, just seeing that that growth in in the future generation of technicians so also
2: working in animal science you get to work with a broad range of animals earlier you talked about you know kind of more traditional animals I would say like dogs and cats and then you know more farm animals horses and cows and I'm sure chickens we talked about fish so for you what's your favorite animal because I know I've got mine, so I'd like to know what's your favorite animal, maybe personally and also professionally, and maybe it's the same.
1: Right? Yeah, I um, I'm definitely more of a dog person than than a cat person. Me too. Um, sorry, to all, the cat, again, sorry I all the cat. all cat lovers.
0: I love the kitties, but um, For, just more of a dog just person. To, just to make a note, I'm I'm with you, cat lovers. Kelsey's I, a cat person. <laughs> I like my cats. Team cat, team dog. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I mean,
1: clinically, I, I I don't know that I have a favorite. You know, and it's always fun to get those, you know, like a bearded dragon come in, like just to have that little bit of different um, in the day. So, yeah, I don't know that I really have a favorite.
2: And that's probably part of being, I feel like, in that world is that you love animals. And so it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a bearded dragon or a puppy or a 17-year-old cat that, you know, that's your passion is to help animals and and hopefully some of the people that are bringing these animals in as well.
0: Right. Have you ever had an experience or two where, you know, an animal comes in and you, you know, someone's got to take it home and maybe the owner can't be that person? Do you ever foster any animals or been...
1: Yeah, um, I have fostered a few. Um, One in particular was a little dog that uh, had some bone diseases and um, took her on for a little while. We ended up... Getting her some little prosthetic boots so she could walk around and a uh, sweet little dog. And we ended up, this was one of my foster successes because we did end up finding her an excellent
2: home. And you've said you've had some foster fails too. Foster which, fails. Which means that you've ended up keeping the yes, animal exactly. I uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, i was saying I don't think I'd be a very good foster parent because I'd probably end up with like 18 dogs and my husband would be like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. How about, how about that emotional capacity? Let's go back to the classroom real quick, because I, I can imagine a profession like that, you know, you have your ups and downs and, you know, I'm a, I'm a pet owner, so I've been through the roller coaster. And is that something you have to teach or talk about of, you know, yeah, you're going to, it's going to be hard. It's going to be sad sometimes. And how do you manage those feelings and those emotions and still be able to do the job? Right. Um, so, so this profession is
1: definitely a huge emotional roller coaster, um, and there is a very high burnout rate uh, in this profession. So that is something that we do talk about in class, about um, compassion fatigue and burnout, and um, just to kind of help keep yourself together as a technician um, to not only take care of pets, but also the clients that are, you know, having that hard time. Yeah, because
2: I was going to say for those listeners that don't know, when I was, geez, I think I was 16 to 18, I worked in a veterinary office. And because for a while, I thought I wanted to become a vet. And so I was like, best way to know is to dive right in and get that firsthand experience. And for me, parts of it, I did love because you get to see these puppies that come in and you get to, you know, help assess them and check them out, but also play with puppies. And then there's the really hard parts where, you know, I remember the first time I had to help put a dog down and I'm 16 years old. And to be honest, it was pretty traumatic because the owners in there, I mean, bawling and crying. I was holding tears back and I'm there holding the dog as he passes away. And it was a really hard experience. And so I think it's good to know that our program and for you as a teacher and I'm sure our other teachers in the program are addressing that with students and, and hopefully letting them know that there are going to be those hard times, but I'm sure that the positives and the, the, um, happy endings hopefully outweigh some of those kind of sadder, sadder parts of this profession.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think that is a common misconception about veterinary technicians is that we all day, we just cuddle and hug on puppies and kittens and, and life is grand. Um, but, yeah, we, we do run into those cases that are just emotionally draining, um, you know, whether it's a pet that's been coming into the clinic for years and years and years and it's time to say goodbye or, you know, just a traumatic case. Um, yeah, we definitely deal with a lot. And it's very dirty, <laughs> very messy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Speaking of that, maybe um, one other question or um, answer from you that might be interesting to our listeners is what does a life or life a day in the life of a vet tech look like? So I know you said every day is different, but are you, you know, seeing kind of wellness checkups? Are you helping in surgeries? Are you cleaning surgical, you know, materials? Are you going out into the field and doing things? What does kind of a day look like for vet techs? Right,
1: it's it's a very loaded question because mm-hmm. it's a lot
2: <laughs> and different. Like um, you said, yeah, probably and every different. day. So
1: so depending on what what practice. Um, Technicians working in could be anything from, um, you know, assisting with surgeries in the mornings to cleaning up after surgeries, um, wellness appointments, um, you know, a lot of large animal stuff. There's farm calls often. Um, yeah, I mean, the list really kind of goes on and on and on. I mean, we're we're phlebotomists, we're anesthesiologists. I shouldn't say that so much as we run anesthesia. Um radiology. We Our job list is actually quite extensive. Um, and janitors. So <laughs> <laughs> tack that on. And puppy yeah. cuddlers. And puppy cuddlers. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Is it is it possible for somebody in this program to, you know, maybe their dream is to become a, a, a veterinarian and, you know, they're just getting started. They want to maybe get a little dirty, see if they like, like the industry, like that lifestyle. And so they can become a vet tech and then- you know, go into the field, do their thing and then decide, oh yeah, I have enough, you know, I have enough money to move forward with my full on veterinarian program. Or yes, I'm absolutely in love with this and I do want to continue my education. Do you see that at all? Is that something you can do? It's um, so
1: with um, becoming a certified vet tech, um, it's not really a precursor to veterinary school um, as far as credits go and whatnot. Um, I think it's, it's a good idea if, if somebody is undecided, it's definitely a lot cheaper than vet school, um, for sure. But, um, and it might look good on uh, a student's resume if they are applying to vet school, but I don't know that it's an extra. It's not a stepping stone necessarily. Stepping stone. Yes. Okay.
0: Is there a need for vet techs in Western Colorado? Huge need.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say a greater majority of the clinics that I visit on a weekly basis, they're busy, 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 and they need more doctors and they need more technicians. So um, it's it's definitely going to be a great asset for, for the community at large, I guess, not just the veterinary community, but everywhere.
0: Yeah, because we all need somewhere to take our pets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lori. It's been great chatting with you today. And um, a big shout out to all of our partners who are involved in you know, making the Vet Tech program possible. But thank you for being here. It's been a great, great conversation. Right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lori. This is the See Me Now Ocean Podcast. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts.